And now, a word about our sponsor. The Kinky Boys podcast is brought to you by How to Kill a Superhero, the BDSM book series by author Pablo Green. If you've ever fantasized about a juicy muscle beast encased in lycra, bound and gagged, then your moment has arrived. This is the book series for fans of superhero fetish, bondage and transformation fetishes. The books are available on paperback and Kindle at the Amazon store in 13 countries. Book 3, Transformation Fetish, launches this fall. You can also buy autographed copies of the paperbacks, t-shirts, spandex wrestling singlets and bondage rope at howtokillersuperhero.net. Kinky Boys listeners can use the discount code KINKYBOYS, all the one word, for 15% off any order. Shipping is available worldwide. These books are pervy as pervy can be. How to Kill a Superhero, there's a power rising inside you. The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello everyone and welcome again to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Adam. And today we are joined by a special guest, my daddy, Chris, who also goes by Wild Cuddler. Hi everyone. Uh, so you remember last time how we had Dart? Well, Dart is Chris's daddy and therefore my granddaddy. So apparently we're now a family show. Yes. Kinky Boys Podcast, bringing families together. Uh, and also... We wanted to mention that we're going to be in Amsterdam together as the whole family. Yep, for Amsterdam Leather Pride, also called uh, Amsterdam Kink Academy, for the 22nd through the 26th. Oh, cool. And so what are you doing there? I assume being a Kink Academy, it's not just a family vacation. It is for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> my daddy will be teaching some bondage classes. I believe he has a predicament bondage class. and a, I get maybe to a, be the bondage bottom. Are you? As usual. I don't think I knew that. Um, he might have a puppy play class. I know he's done some in the past. Mm. Um, are you teaching? I, I'm going to be teaching Electro. Yay! Who are you frying? <laughs> At the moment, I'm not sure. I was probably going to be self-demonstrating unless I get some you're doing your evil genius pose. Yeah, let me know if you need some hands with the buttons, boy. <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> okay, so, our first topic today, nipple play. So, daddy, why don't you start us off? What is nipple play? Uh, nipple play, first of all, it's something I've kind of, it's my, my gateway kink for how I got into it. Um, it's amazing just playing with people's nipples, how many different reactions you can get, and that mm -hmm. led me to wanting to torture people and do evil, fun things to them that make them squirm and cringe and squirm and yelp and make lots of moaning noises. Um, so yeah, nipple play is kind of how I got into it. What is it actually, though? Um, pretty much any type of playing with the nipple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it can be very, it's wide varied because it can be very pleasurable or very painful because they are basically erogenous zones. For most people, some people are weird and have to live a nipple-free half-life where they have no sensitivity. Oh, those poor people. I know, right? Well, so I don't consider my nipples to be sensitive, but they are painful to play with. They are not enjoyable. 
to have my nipples played with. But I like playing with them a lot. Playing with them gets my cock hard. So, there's licking, sucking, nibbling, biting, chewing, twisting, stroking, all sorts of things you can do. And we've had issues in the past in clubs, so, again, why don't we talk about consent? Yeah, so let's set the scene. You're in a bar with an open vest or topless, and someone comes up to you. What's appropriate for them to do? Should they just grab your nipples and really twist? What I generally do is, once I get close enough to, like, kind of get my hands on them, start feeling up their body. Um, I generally like big muscular guys, so you kind of feel out their chest and whatnot. Um, you just generally start kind of flicking it. There's kind of three different parts of the nipple, and I'll kind of mm-hmm. go into what parts are good to play with and how. Um, but start gentle and see kind of how they react. And then very gently start squeezing a little bit harder and harder. And they'll either slap your hand away at some point in time or they'll start moaning and say harder. Um, even if someone has big nipples, though, that has no relation to whether they like their nipples played with. Some people have had their nipples grown through bad piercing accidents. Yeah. Some people just genetically have big nipples. Yeah. So you just have to never make assumptions based on nipple size. I will add my own addendum to this. If someone has a piercing, do not grab and yank it. It really fucking hurts. (laughs) I have very nearly punched someone out in a bar repeatedly because people kept doing that to me back in the wrestling days. Yeah, and actually nipple piercings make it, I find it more difficult to play with the nipple. It kind of limits on what you can do. It makes them a lot more sensitive, but... I've heard if they're done in the wrong place in the nipple, it can over time reduce sensitivity. Uh, so it depends where the piercing goes. If it accidentally cuts the nerve, you can have no sensitivity at all. However, if it's done right, you, it, because it's stretched at all times, essentially, it feels a lot more sensitive for like years and years until it reverts mm-hmm. back to normal. And that means it's great for the pleasurable erogenous stuff like licking, sucking, stroking. But once people grab and twist, and you've got a rod of metal in your flesh that you are twisting and pulling and trying to rip the flesh open, essentially, that hurts! Don't do that! I'm Please sh- don't! Though I'm sure some listener somewhere is getting quite hard at that idea. <laughs> Rule 34. Flesh hooks. Now porn. <laughs> yeah, so just... Play things slowly. Never make assumptions. And, hey, you could maybe even ask them, do you like this? <gasps> My <know>. pals! <laughs> it's Call amazing how much asking if people enjoy things can do things. Like, maybe you're just gently flicking them. And you'd be like, you said you like your nipples played with. And you'd be like, how much? And even if they say a lot, always gently ramp things up. Because what might be a lot for you... Is, or a lot for someone is very minor for someone else. I know someone who I can take my teeth and dig into them. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning of pleasure for him. That is a very pain-tolerant person. His nipples are the size of my thumb. That's Or like... thickness of my thumb. And, okay. Oh. Yeah. Well done, him. They're fun. Do you bite your thumb at me, <laughs> good sir? 
Well, Craig has thumb, thumb in his mouth trying to figure out what it's like. Yeah, I'm just trying to feel what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> don't get, don't make me go all Romeo and Juliet on your ass. Now we might be jumping the gun a little bit, but if you do use your teeth, start with your back teeth before moving your front teeth, just because they are a little bit duller. Ooh. Yeah, the, anything chewy you want to use your molars for, because front teeth are for ripping, back teeth are for chewing. Yeah, we so, know this from food, so it. It's the same when it comes to, you know, people. <laughs> so you just want to get past your, what, canine teeth? Yeah. Yeah, so once you get past there, you can kind of, you can go a little bit more, depending on the person and how you want to play with them. You can kind of move between your teeth and play with the pressures. But, so should we maybe talk about more, like, beginning how to do it? Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Um, so there, I consider kind of three parts to the nipple. You have the tip. I don't know what exactly would you call that. Adam, you're the medical science guy. I, now for the science part. I completely forgot. <gasps> the outside is called the areola. I forget what the actual point. You look at the punished for this. I'm going to force you to read a book about it while I punish you, boy. Nope, don't look for the book now. Okay. <laughs> but okay, so you have the tip of the nipple. You have the areola, which is kind of the flat part around it, and then you actually have the chest kind of skin part around it. Mm. Generally, I would start, you want to start with the areola and the chest part of it, avoiding the tip of the nipple. The tip of the nipple is always the most sensitive. So you want to kind of start on the back of it. And generally you want to kind of use the side of your pointer finger and your thumb. So you want to put like the side of your uh, pointer finger underneath and the tip of your thumb on top. Is kind of how I'll start. You don't want to try to use your tips of your fingers because you have a little bit less control and it's a little bit harsher of a feeling. So that's kind of the very basic. So you want to avoid the tip. Um, once you kind of got a hold of it, you can squeeze it gently, kind of getting harder and harder and seeing how people react. If you're kind of getting it squeezing as much as you can and they say too much, just back off a little bit unless they're kind of like very seriously, stop this right now. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> um, you can start twisting it gently. Um, if they do have piercings, kind of watch out, like Adam mentioned earlier. Um, but, so once you're squeezing it, yeah, you can start twisting, you can pull on it, uh, do different things like that. And you can kind of, like, sometimes I'll pulse it, too. Pulsing it can be fun, just kind of pulsing the strength intensity of it, squeezing harder and softer. Mm. Um and kind of just watching them and playing off their reactions. Um, if they're kind of really enjoying it and you kind of want to push them over the edge a little bit, you can squeeze the tip of the nipple, but I recommend either kind of pulling back quite a bit after that just because it can be severely sensitive and kind of... It can be a good shock, but that's not always a good thing. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of... And I generally like to play with both nipples at the same time, but... Frequently, people have different reactions with each nipple, too. So you have to kind of watch out for that, that some people, one might be more wired than the other, uh, other times. Yeah, Yeah, Craig, you have one much more wired? Yeah, Yeah, well, one's more painful, one's more pleasurable, so it's... (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you just have to might be a little bit harder on one and gentler on the other. Be a little ambidextrous with your nipple torture. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, you've got two different switches. Yeah. And sometimes pain is a good thing. So, like, in those instances where you might want to kind of give them that little jolt of pain, a light squeeze to the tip of the nipple can kind of do that. Um, 
another fun thing that can happen is actually pushing the, especially after you've worked him for a while, you actually push the nipple in. It can create a kind of fun, shocking reaction, hmm. especially if they are more of the masochistic type of person. Um, so once their nipples are already sensitive and they kind of blood flowing there and that things are going, you can kind of push on it. And especially if their nipple's a little bit hard at that point in time, it can kind of create a fun reaction so you can push it into their chest. Yeah. Cool. So at what point do you attach the car battery clamps? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys have an electro episode a little while ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've still got to do that, actually. You haven't done electro yet? Not, Not yet. yet. Oh. I generally recommend avoiding electro on the nipples. There are some that go directly through the nipple, but... Uh, yeah, if you've got one which goes where one side of the clamp is one note, is the positive end, and one side of the clamp is the negative end, and it just flows straight across the nipple, and that's that, then, great. That's perfectly safe, because it's not going anywhere near the heart. Or the lungs. It's pretty much any organ in your chest, you don't really want a huge electric current going through. Yeah, you should be... Uh, generally, <clears throat> as a general rule, like, with more knowledge you can break these, but you want to avoid any electricity around the torso. Um, there are exceptions, and but as a beginner, avoid electricity around the torso and chest. Besides, the butt is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but that's a good segue into various different nipple toys. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of them out there, and I have a quite a variety. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so... Let me start out with ones that are generally best to avoid. Um, anything with a kind of a screw on it where you can, yeah, where you can screw either to tighten it or to loosen it. Generally avoid anything with a screw on it unless you're playing with someone with massive nipples. Just because the average person's nipples, you're pretty much screwing it damn near closed by the time they're going to feel anything. So yeah, generally yeah. you'll want to avoid those. Um, some and then of them tend to slip off as well. Yeah. Because you're getting so close to closed and the nipple is so flat if it's not been grown at all. It just sort of like pings off really painfully and you're, you've wasted your money basically. Yeah. You've not got an erogenous toy. You've got the machine that goes ping <laughs> and no, something else. Yeah, unless you're playing with someone with, like, those thumb-sized nipples, I would generally avoid anything with a screw on it. But then if you're playing with thumb-sized nipples, you might as well just go to a hardware store and get some, like, industrial <laughs> clamps. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of serious. Those are, I've used those before. They're kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to show me the pictures after this. I'm trying to remember who it was. Anyway, other toys. <laughs> Sorry, fantasy's going. <laughs> um, so toys that are good. My probably favorite ones are the Japanese clover clamps. I'm trying to think of how to best to describe them. I can stick a photo in the um, show notes. Yes. So, Japanese clover plant clamps, that's generally what you'll see them called. And I'm playing it, bringing out my nipple toy bag right now. So, so many toys. Yes. So the cl uh, clover clamps, they... They kind of look like an eight in a way, um, and they generally have a, 
you push them on the sides and they kind of open up. Um, they're kind of what I would recommend for beginners in a way. There are some that are a little bit more padded, but these are probably the best combined with or clothespins. Clothespins are going to be the cheapest for sure and kind of where you can begin. They do have some rubber-coated ones you can buy from the store, or I've actually made my own. I went to the hardware store and bought rubber paint, which is actually surprisingly commonly available. Um, so I actually just bought, it's a, they have both spray on and they have like a dipping bottle. They also call it electrical, electrical taped paint. I've seen it called before too. And now I know what I'm going as for Halloween. <laughs> what, are we dipping you in electric, in rubber paint boy? Totally. No, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the rubber can help kind of create a little bit more friction if you want that. But we're going back to the Japanese ones. Uh, the what's nice is kind of they'll have a chain to them. And you can tug on the chain. You can either tug evenly or if you want to tug one more than the other. Uh, if someone's more experienced, you can hang weight from them. You do want to be careful because as it does start to slide off, it does get painful. And especially if it gets near the tip. You generally want to put the clamp on behind the tip of the nipple on the areola. Like anytime you start with nipples, you always want to go back behind the tip of the nipple. If someone has really small nipples, just kind of work with them and see what they can take. But I don't know many people with small nipples that actually like their nipples played with. No, you guys don't either? I think I'm probably the closest we're going to get. Your nipples are decently sized. Relatively small. I've, I've seen guys with nipples where, like, the tip of their nipple is the nipple. Huh. Where they have, like, no areola. I've seen... I mean, I've seen them where basically it's like an innie, but, innie belly button. Their nipple hasn't quite popped out. And they're like actually set into the area. I've only ever seen that where there's a fairly decent layer of fat underneath. So you can just sort of like pinch around Oh no, no, the this guy was skinny as hell. Huh. But yeah, he almost had no nipples where there was just innie nipples. Uh, so going on to some more advanced toys, um, so I've talked about the Japanese clover and clothespins. Those are kind of the intro ones. A next step up are vice cl- what? forceps. Forceps. Forceps with a rubber tip on them. They're very nice because the rubber kind of creates a little bit of padding to it. They also have a plastic version I've used before. I oh, prefer the, the plastic ones are horrible. Yeah, they're super cheap, so if you're on a budget, you can go for them, but they will be a little bit more aggressive and painful. Yeah, horribly painful. The one thing that I like about these metal forceps with the rubber tip on them is that you can have different clicks on them. And each click is significantly yeah. more painful. So generally with most people, I'll start on the first click. Um, if I'm feeling particularly sadistic that night, I might do more clips, or if they're a severe masochist, I'll clip even further. Um, the one thing with the forceps is they stay on a lot better than the Japanese clover clamps. Mm. So you can twist, pull, and do more with them before they'll pop off. And once again, you do want to try and get most of the clamp behind the tip of the nipple. Okay. So, which is a little bit harder because they do have a bigger thing, but if you go from the side, you pull the tip of the nipple out a little bit, and then you go from the side and you clamp it on, it can kind of be a little bit better. Um, if you do get the tip of the nipple in, you'll probably have to cut down your playtime, unless they're a severe masochist, but, or do it once your, their adrenaline kind of going and their endorphins are rushing. 
Mm. Um, taking it off with anything that's squeezing it is usually the time when it hurts the most. And it's the most fun for the sadistic cop. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you'll see on the more sadistic porn sites is where someone's got sort of row after row of clothespins just pinching their skin all the way down and people flogging lots of them off at once. That, uh, yeah. I can say from experience, is exceptionally painful. So, this is decidedly for the masochists among you. It's great for show. It's great for making a boy scream. However, we try to preach consent here. Make sure your boy wants to scream, if you're <laughs> going to do that to him. Yes, so when you do take him off, if you've already gotten to a point where they can take it pretty well, um, you can, I will generally squeeze the nipples, starting gently at first, of course, and kind of playing off their reaction. They probably won't like it, but it depends on how much of a or or masochist they are. You can also suck on them. You have about 15 seconds where it's things will be really very sensitive. intense. Yeah. After that, it'll calm down a little bit, but after about two, three minutes, it'll be 90% back to normal. Hmm. Uh, so you just kind of, you have to play with the sub and see see how they react to different things, and you can play with it from there. One oh. last toy, which is very kind of evil looking. No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. No. I'll let one of you two describe this. No. Those needles <laughs> are far too small. That will go into skin. No. No, 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 no. Listeners, what I can describe <laughs> it as is the kind of claws surgeons use in keyhole surgery, where it's just a very tiny four-prong wire claw that snaps shut into itself. There is a metal tube housing four separate claws that are all bent at 90 degrees to point inwards. As the tube is pulled back, the claws appear and extend outwards at an angle so that you can put it around the nipple. You then push the cylinder forwards, forcing the claws back together and inwards. It looks horrifying. No! No, 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 no. No. Hey, boy, I think we might try this on you later. No. <laughs> I'll blindfold <Hard> you. <laughs> so these ones do look severely worse than they are. I've actually put these on myself, and I don't like nipple play at all. <laughs> the it they are fun. I would recommend them more for advanced players with beefier nipples. <laughs> beefier nipples—that's kind of a fun phrase. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with yeah, if they have thicker, more meaty nipples, um, you can put these on, and you do have to be careful because they do slide off, and they can cause scratching and stuff. But I've never actually seen them draw blood. All the same, no. I I have told you the fish hook story. No, this is not for me. Another portion of nipple play, which I actually have no experience with, so I'm just going to kind of mention it, is piercings. Temporary piercings. Some people will do needle play, and maybe you guys want to have a separate needle play episode. I think we but, should, yeah. Uh, I know who we can talk to about that. I am not him. <laughs> but... Yeah. There are some people who do, like, needle play with their nipples, and that kind of depends on stuff. Mm. And it kind of leads into the next idea. 
Safety time. Yes, the funnest aspect of play, safety. (laughs) (laughs) Some people do enjoy having their nipples work to the point of blood. Um, Not many people do, but some do. Generally, it's best if you see blood to stop and definitely check in with the sub and see if they're alive. Uh, See if they want to continue playing with their nipples because blood on t-shirts the following day is not necessarily a good thing. Even if you don't, if you don't draw blood, sometimes they can sort of scab over the next day. And if you're particularly rough, if you're like chewing or using tight clamps, um, yeah, I've had that. I no blood was drawn, but next morning I got up, got into the shower, and as soon as the water hit them, it's like, what the fuck? And then I felt them, and they were quite stiff and not crusty, but. Yeah, there it, was abrasions under the skin. Yeah, we can talk about nipple aftercare in just a little <clears throat> yeah. bit here. Um, what do you use? I always recommend stuff like chapstick. Yeah, you kind of want to keep it a little bit moist without mm. over moistening it. Um, things like chapstick are kind of good because they mm. hold the moisture in for a while. Mm. If they're really bad, you could put nipples with some type of uh, emollient cream, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, like E forty five, isn't it? Is it E45 or P45? In the States, we have the foreign type of stuff. Here is E45. There's pseudocreme, which is good for for abrasions, cuts, and skin damage. Um, Also, which... It's also moisturizer, really. Yeah, it's just generally if you can kind of keep it soft and uh, good. Yeah, I also find... I mean, it also works quite well for any sort of bruise or muscle damage, is um, witch hazel water. It's about... Two quid from any pharmacy or supermarket. I prefer to get the non-alcoholic one, because often they use alcohol to distill it, which you can get from health stores. But the supermarket ones is fine. A little bit of alcohol in it, but yeah, if you just pour it into a bath, it really helps with bruising, cuts, and um, even muscle soreness from the gym, if you're really sore. Okay. Uh, And some people actually like the feeling of having a shirt rubbing and stay severely tender <clears throat> nipple the following days. Remind them of that they're used and abused <laughs> by a caring dom. Are <laughs> <laughs> you projecting a little bit, Daddy? What? I, I enjoy seeing the results of my labor. It takes a lot of work to make someone scream and moan that much. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they're just sitting there. I'm the one doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing that can happen. Um... Now, this has happened to me a few times, and I don't know how common it is or otherwise. Um, Sometimes if you're rough with nipples, you can sort of get this little lump underneath the skin. Um, Now, it's basically sort of partly scar tissue, partly like breast tissue that's healing around it. Um, This is benign. And it goes away over time, and it's usually, well, for me, it was because I was going through puberty at the time, and my testosterone was very high, and I was experimenting with all sorts of different stupid things. And obviously, I'd seen clothespins and nipple torture in porn, so I'd wanted to try it out on myself, and I got this little lump underneath my skin, and I was so terrified. Um, Obviously... If you find any sort of lump under your skin, best to go see your doctor, just in case. 
but it can be this. It can just be your body is healing after you were rough with it. Yeah. Do we have any more safety stuff? Because I thought of a few other things. Go for it. Um, one thing, one like great tip is to switch between the more sensual play and the rougher play, especially if you're working with kind of a more nipple pig type of person. So after you've squeezed them really hard and kind of been playing with them for a few minutes, just kind of gently flick them. If you have a beard, rub your beard across them. The nipples will That's get nice. really sensitive right after you've been playing with them rough. And so the kind of the difference between the pleasure and pain can create some fun feelings in the sub. And they'll generally like it, don't you, Craig? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if you do use your teeth, just kind of, that's where you can also play between gentle and soft, like nibble on it gently, maybe squeeze a little bit harder. And like we mentioned with your back teeth, so kind of, that's where you can kind of play with different things, different intensities and watch them react in different ways. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, we've covered stabs, gynecomasia. I probably butchered the pronunciation of that, but... Gynecomastia. Gynecomastia. That does not sound like something to do with the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's about breast tissue, basically. Yeah. One other great thing about nipple play is it's something you can do by yourself. Yes. And with pretty much extreme safety. Like, you're not going to accidentally strangle yourself or something like that. Generally speaking, <laughs> it is one of the safest things you can do with yourself because you are profoundly aware of when you're going too far, when you're not going far enough, you know exactly what you're doing. And with almost no exceptions, there's nothing much in the nipple that is that dangerous. Yeah, unless you're getting either to someone with permanent piercings and a lot of weight, or temporary piercings is where you could kind of create potential dam long-term issues. Yeah. Uh, but another fun thing that you can do is kind of play with either pumping the nipples for either short-term growth, or there are some ways for long-term growth. So, yeah, how do you get the Tom of Finland silver dollar size nipples? Oh, are you talking about... So, I actually don't know how to grow them wider. I... From what I know, are... people basically have to tattoo the areola. Really? Really? Yeah. They get... Match the tattoo dye to the same colour as the areola and just make them bigger. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. <laughs> Well, Sorry well, if any of you have done this. I'm not calling you weird. It's just... Oh, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, yeah. do what you're comfortable with. <laughs> um, I'm more of thinking about growing them meatier. So the people who do have the big meaty nipples, they probably weren't born like that. Many of them. Some of them were, though. So the ways I've seen that done is people who have had a piercing and it's grown <clears throat> and it's healed properly and then they've had another piercing behind it, and it's grown and it's healed properly, and they've had another piercing behind it, and it just sort of gets longer and longer until it starts drooping. And Well, I generally speaking, the word drooping does not conjure much sexuality in my case. No. But... I have come across pictures of people where they're not thick, but they're still very, very long, and I know some people into body mod modification like that sort of thing, and good for them? Generally speaking... <laughs> I'm right here! Don't talk about me like I'm not right here! I didn't know you liked drooping. Well, I don't know about... I've never seen a drooping nipple, I guess. 
I've seen big. I've seen nipples that are like bigger than my that are the size of my thumb. Yeah, and they were pointy. Yes, and pointy things are sexy things. See, I'm talking about ones where they don't get thicker; they just get longer, and it's like someone's little finger sticking out from their chest. I personally, personal tastes, I don't like that. I get okay, but I do like it again. Big thumb size ones. Yeah. <laughs> But some ways that you can grow them if you do want to, and this is definitely advanced stuff, so you might want to talk to someone in person rather than just taking the advice of random people on a podcast. Um. <laughs> well, it never goes wrong listening to people on the internet. No, the internet has told me all about chemtrails. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you telling us Yahoo Answers isn't reliable? <laughs> no. You mean those banner ads telling me that I could get skinny if I followed this one weird trick from a mum isn't real? Gasp! My pearls! <laughs> but... <coughs> <coughs> They're killing me here. Um, generally, like the beginner way, if you do want to play with pimp- nipple pumping, is with... They're called snake bite kits. I don't know... Do you guys have I them? have not heard of this before. I have heard them called that. I, yeah. They they actually are. If you go to like the outdoor section of the store, and like the camping section in America, at least that's where you'll find mm-hmm. them. They are rubber. There's generally two parts to it, and there might be a third part inside to hold them together. But they are kind of like a rubber capsule, and they're they're a little sharp on the edge, which is kind of the one reason I you can be careful with them. Mm-hmm. But you pretty much squeeze it, and you put it on your nipple, and you let it sit for 5 to 10 minutes. Um, for if you're beginning, after about 10 minutes, I would probably take it off and just check your nipple, because you can get a lot of uh, blood issues after some period of time. But as you kind of become more advanced and more experienced, you can go a little bit longer. This is areas where if you go too long, you will start to see blood appear on your nipple, and you'll want to probably take a few days off if you do have that happen. Cool. I have actually seen an alternative to snake bite kits, which is essentially the same thing because they're basically thick rubber tubes. Um, spring doorstop covers from homeware stores. I don't even know what you're talking about. This might be a British thing. It, I think it is. In a lot of British homes, especially older ones from like the 60s and 70s, they have a tightly wound spring attached to the door to act as um, a doorstop it from bashing against the wall. They have rubber coverings which are essentially the same shape and size as snake bite kits. I found that out um, earlier this year. Okay, the ones that I've seen are like hard plastic with a suction cup inside that you can sort of unscrew and it pulls the cup backwards whilst it's still maintaining the airtight seal. Oh, yeah. let me talk about those. Uh, most of those are based off of cupping devices. Yeah. So cupping devices are things that typically go in the back or parts of your body, part of acupuncture-based Something along treatment. those lines. Yeah. The biggest issue with them is that they're frequently too large. Even the ones that I see sold at king shops are usually too large. Ideally, you want the inside diam- inside area to be about half an inch or one centimeter. Once you get much bigger than that, you're just pulling the skin around the nipple into it rather than the actual nipple. Huh. So a lot of those get too big. I've seen some pumping-based ones, too, mm. where you actually hook them up to a uh, like a penis pump, mm. and those ones can be pretty good. Um, the one that, kind of my favorite one is actually, it is a cupping-based one, but it is one of the smaller tubes that they have. Um, I actually lost the part of 
actually sucking it out, so I just put my mouth on it and I suck on it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> nice. that works. Yeah, it's fun. It's um so and that can you generally, especially if you're playing with someone, do it for five to ten minutes. Their nipple will generally be a little bit firmer if you're doing it with someone else. If you're doing it by yourself, you can do that. But once it gets firm, it's another fun time to play with it. The nipple will be more sensitive, and you can kind of go from there. It's probably not the best idea to clamp it immediately after pumping it. One thing, if you do want to try really growing it, and definitely this is severely advanced level, is you can band it after you have pumped it. Is that where it's essentially the same device that they use to castrate sheep? Yeah, you use yeah. a castration band. Which sounds band. scary. <laughs> yeah, you use a castration band. Uh, some kink stores will sell the devices for it, but it's a very thick, small rubber band. And then they have a device for both stretching it and then a separate scissors for cutting it. And you can put that on there. And I've never done it myself. I've never done it to anyone. But that can be another definitely advanced level of growing them bigger by kind of damaging them in a way. Okay. Um, so that's what a lot of people I've seen. Or that's what I've heard of a lot of people doing to try and grow their nipples is you essentially damage it. Um, rough play can help grow them, different mm-hmm. things like that. So it, I've never known anybody to grow their nipples without pain. Yeah. No, me neither. No. <laughs> I'm trying to think, and no, it's a, it's always been at least vaguely painful. I mean, it can be very interesting to see, because um, I know two people who I see topless quite a lot, and I've known them from a long, for a long time, and their nipples have really grown, and it can be very interesting to see. Quite hot. <laughs> Do I, I know, know these people? Um, well, Victor. He's has uh, grown quite well. Yeah, right? he's... And my big brother. Ah, of course. I remember when he had itty bitty tiny little nipples and now they're quite huge. So uh, did they do it just through play or did they try pumping and things like that? From, I can't talk about Victor because I'm not that familiar with his methods, methods, but Pete very much is just a lot of rough pulling and play. Yeah. And I think it takes frequent. Like if you're a nipple pig, they will probably grow on their own. Yeah. You don't probably need to go pumping and banding them to make them grow. Cool. Banding can get extremely dangerous, and you could potentially lose your nipple. So, like I said, advanced one, don't take this as a complete guide to how to do it. (laughs) No, we'll go further into this topic and safety concerns. Um, We will do a full one on pumping both cock, nipple, balls, and, I don't know, rosebuds. (laughs) It's a thing. Some people like it. I pretend I'm one of them, but I know it's a yeah. thing. I like pumping my cock and balls. Oh, yeah, cock and balls. Yeah, cock and balls is fine. It's just when you... I, I'm not a rosebud guy. I don't know why. Well, I don't but... think any of us are big into fisting. Well, no, this is the thing. It's not. It's a tube. And it's essentially a donut shape. So... There's generally a pull in the center that, I, as far as I've seen, that goes yeah. into the, the anus. Anus, and it the... basically pumps up the sphincter muscle around it. Yeah. The intention... As best I can tell, the idea is to intentionally prolapse for the sensation and the look of it. Um, and I... I just... Okay, good for you. I'm glad you have something that brings you that much pleasure. Not for me. Thank you. See, yep. I thought um, rosebuds were basically tons of scar tissue. No. Around the sphincter. No. It's essentially oh. when the inside of the ass becomes the outside of the ass. Yeah. It... <laughs> I can tell you all the science behind it, but it would take ages. So, uh, probably off the air. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, any other anything else on nipple play? I think we've covered it. And yeah. If you do have more questions specifically for me, you can hit me up on Twitter at wildcuddler. Cool. Yeah. And we'll provide a link to your Twitter account in the show notes. And now on to subjects de deux. That, what? The, that will be edited out. <laughs> subject and, de. <laughs> and now, on to subject number two, muscle growth. <laughs> Yay. Yay! Now, let's talk about muscle growth, because there's a strong fancy element, and there's a strong reality element to this. Yes, there are definitely strong fantasy elements to it. Yes. From being a teenager, I have always loved the um, image of the muscle boy. And, you know, you grow up on the internet and Tom of Finland was one of the first gay pictures you would stumble across. I'm glad you grew up on the internet, boy. I had these magazines. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? I cheated. I was born in 1990. How dare you! (laughs) I'm still young and I was born in 83. I was uh, jacking off to Boys Life Boy Scout magazines. They had a little thing in the back of, like, get massive in five minutes. And they had a little guy flexing, and the guy was, like, tiny. Yep. And men's health, that was always a good one. Men's fitness, when men's health decided it was about other things as well as just shirtless muscle boys. There need to be more magazines about shirtless muscle boys. There do. There does. There do need to be more. They need to drop the, like, fitness aspect and just go, no, no, we know our audience. Here you go. This really just sounds like a porn magazine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Dieu de Stade? I the... just go to bigmuscle.com usually and just surf the profiles. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was always my pre-adolescent, por- pre-internet porn was the Hulk and Venom. Yeah. Where just the shirt ripping and... Spider-Man, Superman... Mm. Hell, even some of the Power Rangers back in the day. The Power Rangers were muscular? Red Ranger was... Some of them were relatively beefy, especially in the, like, concept arts that they would release on the box sets. And even if I wasn't watching the TV, the box was quite nice. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there are two aspects. There's the... Fantasy can range from... even Fantasy can base from realistic to inhuman. Yep. Like, I know one guy that... He wants to be turned into a muscle cow, I think is the phrase that he uses. Okay. He wants to be put on a ranch and be forced to work. He wants to be injected with steroids and be force-fed food and, like, just turned into, I think he says, a 400-pound muscle guy, and he's, like, 5'6". So some that's beyond the realm of possibility and reality. But it does sound hot. It does sound hot, and I think he uses profiles for finding people to essentially jack off with about the idea. Porn studios, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, I would not mind watching a porn about a guy growing massive like that. That would be kind of hot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It would need a lot of CGI, though. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So many fantasies going through our heads. (laughs) Whilst we can all still leave our legs uncrossed, uh, so gyms... Well, I was, on the last point, I was just going to say, just phone up the special effects scene that did Captain America. Oh, yeah, when they turn, 
and yeah, Chris for... Evans from a skinny, skinny boy into a gigantic muscle boy with magical steroids. American magical American fr- steroids. Magical freedom steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably, like, we've talked about kind of what muscle growth is. There's a fantasy aspect and there's a reality to it. Some of the stuff that will kind of fall into this is either forced workouts, encouraging mm-hmm. workouts. It can extend into dieting and supplements, different things that, like that. Um, so the idea of forced muscle growth is kind of... Well, it makes sense in fantasy. I mean... Yeah. Most, you... most of the guys into this are the kind of guys that go... No, no, don't attach the electro kit, and no, no, don't set it to number four with pulse. <laughs> Not um, that. It's role-playing. Growing muscle takes time, unfortunately. It's something that you'll notice over the course of weeks and months. And with some exceptions, I don't know many people who can keep a scene going for weeks and months on end. And Even in a relationship. And this kind of brings to another side of forced muscle growth. There are also forced workouts which are more of like short-term scene type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that you can do in a scene. You can do the boot camp fantasy. You can, you can have people with weights hanging off their nipple clamp suit and forcing them to work out that way. Oh, we can, boy? Yeah, we can. Yay! When are we going to do this, bud? Look, I think... <laughs> when I was nearly kicked out of the gym for just wearing my Iron Man leggings there this week, I think it's probably a safe bet that they will say that nipple clamps are inappropriate. Well, we'll just have to do a homework out, boy. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it with body weights. It's fine. <laughs> um, forced muscle growth. So here's kind of my gripe with people who approach me for this. Even though I do have it in my profile, I should probably just remove it. I will get people who have never gone into the gym in a day in their life will walk up to me and be like, force me to go to the gym and get a body like yours or whoever they fantasize about. Run my life for me. It's hard. Right. It's like, I can, I, I've tried it before. Like, I've probably put too much effort into trying to do this with people and I'll be like, Here's your workout routine. Here's your schedule. Um, especially with the, like distance type of stuff, it's nearly impossible. I would never recommend even trying it. Did they just try to get you to be your personal trainer for free? Well, I didn't give them specific workout routines usually, but they didn't ever have the motivation to do it. It came down solely to a lack of motivation. They wanted me to be their motivation for them. It doesn't work like that. You external motivation doesn't tend to work because eventually you just get used to it. If you want to grow muscle, it has to be because you want to grow muscle. And it has to feel... It has to be something that you're willing to overcome the difficulties of it. You have to be able to go, uh, it's dark and it's cold and it's raining and I really don't want to go to the gym... But I really want to go to the gym. And I go to the gym. Or, uh, I've got so much work. Okay. Half an hour, as a break, once I finish this, I'll go work out. And 
you can make it work, but it has to come from you. You can't... It's a lot more difficult without using things like chastity or other long-term things you can't get around as external motivators. Yeah, if you want to try subbing for long-term muscle growth, forced muscle growth fantasies, and you have someone in mind, I would recommend getting to the gym, learning how to do it, likely, hopefully from a trainer or someone like that, for three to six months. Yeah. Go yeah. to the gym regularly for three to six months, and then you can work with someone on your muscle growth, forced muscle growth fantasies. But you need to be your own motivation. And after three to six months, hopefully you can establish a routine that will start that. I mean, it, but it's kind of more role play with forced muscle growth. Yeah. Long term, then. You can just do willing muscle growth um, to a degree. Where it's basically you're doing it for someone. You're doing it to please your sir or dom. And you can also... I've seen some guys where they almost design what sort of muscle body you're going to have. Because, you know, you can have the cut bodybuilder look, you can have the power lifter look, you can have something in between. And they decide where they've had multiple boys and they say, this one's going to look like a power lifter, this one's going to look like a bodybuilder. This sounds like a repeat of your transformation episode from last week. <laughs> well, yeah, it all ties into that. It's And whilst we are talking about muscle growth transformation and previously superheroes, it would be remiss of us not to plug our sponsor. Oh yes, Pablo Green's How to Kill a Superhero.net, home of the novels for super How to Kill a Superhero, which deals heavily in muscle growth and to a degree forced muscle growth. How does it, I haven't had a chance to read them yet, but how kind of, like, what's it? Uh, I won't spoil it, but the main character undergoes some vaguely unwilling muscle growth, appearance changes, transformation, and Obviously, it deals very heavily with superheroes, Lycra, and that sort of thing. Ooh. Also, on HowToKillASuperhero.net, there are all sorts of amazing, amazing Lycra singlets, which you should totally wear to the gym if yours is slightly less prudish than mine. <laughs> Your old gym wasn't that bad. No, but that was because the old gym was full of gays, and they knew it. <laughs> huh. I might have to go check out these books and... Watch the character turn into a big muscle freak? Yes. yes like should. Hulk size, or is it more like... Uh, quite close to it. It's... I forget how big he gets by the end of the second book. Yeah, I don't know, because he is kind of... Even though it slows down, he is still almost constantly growing. Um, yeah, I think it was about six to seven foot, and very, very muscular. Yes. Yeah. Huh. This sounds sexy. Hey, Pablo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, some considerations with muscle growth. Uh, you can injure yourself very easily in the gym. Um, if you push too hard, too fast, um, you can pull muscles. And if you actually get a gym injury, some of them take forever to heal. Um, I tore a muscle in my shoulder a couple of years ago, and to this day, my left shoulder muscles are still weaker than my right ones, and I still get tired far more easily than I should if I'm doing that specific exercise again. Um, so 
do be aware of what you're doing. Do talk to the trainers and the fitness mm -hmm. instructors and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. This I, is a great thing you can mm -hmm. do for your body, but do it sensibly. There's also simple act of overtraining. Don't try and do too much too fast. That's one of the big mistakes a lot of people do. Start off slowly. Remember, it's not a race, it's a marathon. It will take, I mean, when you first start, months to actually start to see real progress. It is a slow thing. Unfortunately, you will not just balloon into a big muscle guy overnight. Not even steroids can do that overnight. Okay. We haven't got them with magical steroids yet. There is synthol, but that's not even really muscle. Oh. And we won't even talk much more about that. <laughs> For those not in the know, synthol is an oil that you can inject into yourself. That, that you is... do not do not inject it into yourself. No. <laughs> it is thoroughly not recommended to do so because, generally speaking, it is very unsafe, causes massive loose skin issues, and you don't look muscular. You look like you've just sort of... You had look your skin like open and shoved a water balloon in there and sewn it back up over the water balloon, and it's. They do not in any way look natural. It just looks like you have huge round lumps on your skin, which muscles are not round. That's not their natural shape. It, for some people, it is a specific fetish, and. I'm loath to judge anyone based on their specific fetishes because God knows I'm weird enough I don't get to judge. But it is thoroughly unsafe and you should definitely look into it very heavily before you consider it. There are better alternatives out there if you want to implant under your skin. So remind me to talk about muscle freaks in a second, but I want to keep talking about kind of beginning of the gyms. Um... My main recommendation for getting started at the gym is, A, try to find a trainer if you can afford one. Do spend time to interview the trainers. Talk to multiple trainers and find the right one for you. If you want to get lean, find the right trainer to get you lean, because not all trainers know the correct way to do multiple stuff, especially if your goal is muscle growth. Most mm -hmm. trainers are designed to take 40-year-old women who decide that they want to suddenly get a leaner body and make them skinny. Very few trainers know how to actually make people grow muscle. So if that is your goal, spend time, talk to the people who have had trainers, talk to the individual trainers, and figure out what their methods are. Um, one thing which I used a lot when I was first starting out at the gym was just the numbers really helped me. It wasn't a case of noticing that shirts were tighter or noticing that my arms were bigger. It was noticing that I could do more this week than I could do three weeks ago. And that was how I charted my progress. I would write down the weights that I had done and I know that one month I was able to do something that a month ago would have been impossible. And that sense of achievement kept me going back and going back and going back until I did balloon into the big muscle boy that you see now. Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it takes time. It's definitely worth it if this is the thing that you want. It's, it's very satisfying when you achieve it. Yes, and 
move uh, a tangent to that. Don't compare your numbers or weight or look to anyone else. Just compare it to your past self. Yeah. You are the only person you should be competing against. And you have to also make sure you compare it to the same number of reps. Yeah. Uh, I always never... I recommend that people never do more, less than six reps. If you're yeah. getting started, I would probably never do less than eight. Uh, there are some situations where you'll want to do less, but they are few, far between, and advanced. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, if you're going for muscle growth, you want to do at least eight, probably aiming eight for like 12, sometimes even more than that. Um, but talk to your trainer yep. and talk to your mm. fitness instructor. Talk to anyone who can give you a program who is qualified. Most gyms will have a free introductory program to at least kind of get you started. You might want to do some research so you can have some specific questions to ask them. If you don't have money for a trainer, I've known people that have pretty good luck at least learning about the gym uh, from, like, I recommend realjock.com. It's a fitness-oriented dating site with an advice column. <laughs> I will have to check this website out. It looks fun. Yeah, so it's they're generally more athletic type of people with like the leaner bodies rather than big muscle guys, but they do have some decent programs you could check out. I think bodybuilding.com has some programs on there. Yep. Yeah. But make sure you try to find ones that you're comfortable with where you can find a good program and just, even if you want to just get started at the gym, go on the treadmill. Avoid the weight section to start with if you're not comfortable, and start with what you're comfortable with. I know a lot of people can have some anxiety about getting to the gym. Start with the treadmill. Do something that you know how to do. Everybody knows how to walk, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the anxiety thing, um, there's this common mis misconception that people will be judged if they go into the gym. Most of the time, people are focused on themselves, and everyone else is just in the way. Everyone. <laughs> So it's... People do stare at other people in the gym. Almost always they're staring at the ones they want to look like or the ones they want to be. You will almost never be stared at mm -hmm. because you don't belong. You'll be stared at because, oh my God, I want to be able to look like that. <laughs> please, please just bring that butt a little bit closer, bit closer, bit closer. There you go, yes. <laughs> if you're uh, dancing in the gym, I might stare at you a little bit, but I might also smile along with you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guy at my gym that likes to dance. Actually, we have a woman, too, that will dance to their own music. One the problem is that they're to their own music, so I can't even like know what they're dancing to. <laughs> One of my former housemates used to do that a lot, and he got a reputation. It was a very positive one, because he... He was just entertaining for everyone. Yeah, there's a guy at my gym, we call him Dancing Go-Go Bear, or at least that's what I've known him as. <laughs> and he dances like he's on a go-go box, like, from, like, the 80s. Awesome! Oh, like, cool. he, like, full, like, he drops to the ground. He's calm, calmed down a little bit recently, but... He needs to teach a class. They need to hire him. <laughs> yeah, classes are another great way to get started, too. If you're kind of looking for more... Just getting experienced at the gym. They're not going to teach you a lot of lifting type of stuff, but they will teach you kind of fitness. They're great fitness. for fitness. They're great for having a routine. It's also kind of difficult to get into them if you find yourself easily embarrassed, because generally speaking, all of the other people will have been there at least once before. And so... But they all had a first time at some point in time. Yeah. So it's... keep that in mind. You're not like... Everybody has to start nope. somewhere. 
no one is judging you, but you might feel embarrassed in and of yourself. Um, that's the reason why I tr kept trying to go to, like, the, um, what was it, body combat, combat fitness, whatever it was. And I was like, what? How do you make your feet go, what? Ah, you've already moved on. Fuck it, I'm going to try and join in. Oh, and now I've fallen over. <laughs> and Were you doing the dancing ones, boy? Like the Zumba ones? It was meant to be to put based on Mai Tai. I thought I was going to be learning Mai Tai. And Aww. then it turned out it was Aww. dancing. I really want a video of you trying to do this. <laughs> My clumsy boy. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Were you this big when you tried to do it? Because I can just imagine you like honking yeah. around, like fumbling around, trying to be all not clumsy, like you are. <laughs> I am very clearly a puppy. <laughs> I love you, boy. <laughs> I love you too, daddy. <laughs> One other thing that I did want to talk mm -hmm. about, which is more related to muscle growth rather than mm -hmm. getting started at the gym, is an idea of muscle freaks. Once again, there's the fantasy element, kind of like I talked about earlier. But there is also a reality element. I know of people who their dom will tell them to only to spend two or three times as much effort on one body part. So maybe they grow their chest significantly larger than the rest of their body, or maybe they grow their arms significantly larger. Okay. I have one friend who he just loves big arms. You could have no chest, you could have no legs, but if your arms were huge, he would be in love with you. I fought a guy like that once. Uh, wrestling days. Uh, he had tried to stay fit after he left the army didn't really remember how to do it, so he just had really big arms. It was very easy to topple him. <laughs> um, anyway, do go on. So, yeah, there's some people who, like, their dom will tell them to focus on a certain muscle group, and, like, there are potential health risks to that if your body's not balanced out. If your chest is much larger than your back, you can have some potential body alignment issues. Uh, yeah, yeah, general rule... Muscles are bit basically counterbalanced against each other. If you're doing one, it's good to do the other. So if you're doing your chest, do the back. If you're doing your biceps, do your triceps. And generally speaking, so. you will never go wrong with a stronger core. Yeah, but there are people out there who have kind of the freak aspect to it where they want to see yeah, they want to If you be... want to be striking, Yeah. if you want to be different and unique... Well, I know some people will actually be... They like the humiliation of it, mm -hmm. of being mm -hmm. the freak. So they might be big, massive, and potentially intimidating, but they're also a freak and humiliated because... They're a source of attention. And... Well, something's out of whack. You're like, look at those huge ch uh, huge chests, but their arms are so tiny. Lol, he skips leg day. <laughs> like, yeah, there's another guy who, he went to the extreme and he actually, I think, used silicone oh, yeah. for a lot of muscle growth mm. um, in his body. And once again, I do not recommend this. Um, but he, as far as I understood, he got off on the humiliation aspect of it. Hmm. He looks hmm. massive. He is a massive beast. But he kind of likes the humiliation of being humiliated for being so freakily huge. Hmm. And it's kind of hot. <laughs> I like that... freaky stuff. Like freaky nipples, freaky huge nipples. On a freaky huge muscle body. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other humiliation aspects to 
being a big muscle guy. Um, yeah, it's like... I struggle buying clothes in normal shops now. I generally have to wear sportswear because trying to fit jeans over my thighs, I have to go, like, four sizes too big so they fit over my legs, and then I need to, like, wear not just a belt, I have to basically cinch the waist <laughs> shut, and it looks ridiculous. And if I'm trying to wear, like, a button-up shirt, I'll have one that fits my chest absolutely wonderfully. And I try to fit my arms into it, and it just sort of stops part way up, just, like, past the elbow. And it's getting really old. I, I just wish that shirtless and, like, sleeveless was acceptable formal wear, but it just isn't. You live in London, but I don't think sleeveless and shirtless is exactly something you can do all the time. No, so you you have to wear lycra all the time. Awful. Just awful. <laughs> My heart bleeds. Because, I mean, I always wonder what, um, how much of this comes from the media we consume. Because if you think of a Tom of Finland character, in real life proportions, they would be quite freakish. I have actually looked at Tom of Finland characters more now that I've spent so much time in the gym. And I just realised quite how unrealistic they are, because... They're basically all, all pectorals and butts. And you can't get there without working anything else. You sound like that's a problem. No, I'm not. <laughs> you would have to really... You'd basically have to grow all of your muscle by electro, rather than by actually moving your body. Does that actually work? Uh, to an extent. Um... You can do it, but the science isn't quite complete yet. We. When does that ever matter? The fitness industry. <laughs> Ab toner belts do work to a degree. They can start you off, especially if you've been stuck in a bed for six years in a coma. If you're trying to do it to grow huge, huge, not so much. Um, it, however, when I first started, yes, they were an excellent way for me to feel absolutely as if I'd just done 500 sit-ups, was having half an hour with one of those. <laughs> it, you can exhaust your muscles using Electrostim. Going on back a little bit to the humiliation stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Electro's fun. But, um... Some ways you can kind of expand on it is maybe you make your sub or you yourself wear something that you find humiliating to the gym. Where appropriate, maybe you wear lycra leggings and a tight compression shirt. Some people find it humiliating, some people find it liberating and empowering. Hmm, I wonder to whom we could be referring. I have no idea, boy. <laughs> Mr. I got yelled at two days yesterday. For wearing, yeah, for wearing lycra leggings to the gym because it showed off too big of a bulge. Well, I can't help it if I've got too big a bulge compared to the other people who do that. Yeah, a woman came, the manager came up and was like, can I talk to you in my office? And I'm like, oh my god, he's getting in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then I showed up about 20 seconds later wearing trousers over my leggings. I know, it was sad. I know, so was I. I like watching a big beefy button near Iron Man leggings. <laughs> um... But, and it can even extend to outside the gym. Maybe you have someone wear, like, a stringer, shredder type of shirt. It depends on, everybody finds humiliation different. So, 
and if they're even into it. Some people might find it humiliating, some people might find it empowering. So it's something to explore with a sub if they're into this aspect of it. Yep, for me it's empowering, but then I'm weird. I You're weird too, eh? Yeah. If you would have thought. I know, right? It's it's almost as if we actually are vaguely compatible. Um, yeah, walking down the road and getting people staring at me because I'm big and I'm wearing clothes that show me off well. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. That's not humiliating. That's the sort of thing that makes me grin and strut that little bit more confidently. See, I know a lot of people that fantasize because, you know, there's the whole posing pouch thing with the bodybuilders shows. Yeah. They really fantasize about, you know, being forced into like the really tiniest, almost unnecessary underwear. Those are fun too. Yeah. Yeah, and just forced to show off. I don't understand the whole pose. Like bodybuilding isn't really my thing. Uh, Bodybuilding, not necessarily. I do still have a thing for slutty tan lines. That they're fun. It's like having permanent underwear that also shows off your lines and ridges and curves. (laughs) This is a good thing. If anybody knows an actual gym where we can work out naked, let me know. I'm interested. Really? Uh, there is a naked personal trainer in London who does naked sessions. Talk to... No, I just want to work out with my boy at a gym. Naked. No, I think they allow it. Huh. Uh, naked personal trainer. I follow him on Twitter. I'll look him up. Yeah. But... Huh. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, like, muscle growth is great. I like big freaky muscle. I also like big freaky nipples. So that's kind of where... My fetishes started out and have expanded from there, but that's kind of where I started out with things. Yeah, it started off with superheroes for me and then just kept going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Superheroes, 80 action movie heroes. Anything that just involved big, muscly guys in being tied down wearing very tight clothes that rip so easily. <laughs> it always such a good fun. Anyway. Muscle might have been what led me to you, boy. Seeing you all bound up and big muscly. I think you were in your tight, flick it up jeans at the time. Uh, I don't remember what I was wearing when you first saw me. I know what... Okay, I know when, when I first, first saw met. you were wearing them. I don't know if that's what you were in when I first met you. Uh, when you first met me, I was in the butless lycra football short thing. Uh, American football. Yeah. But yeah, your muscles might have been one thing that drew me to you, boy. <laughs> the big freaky muscles. Yay! For our listeners, Adam is pretty huge. I am about 20 stone or 125 kilos or 280 pounds. What's your tumbler? I... Dieselpup.tumblr.com. You can see some pictures of him that show everything. <laughs> I'm not exactly shy. Have you guys done an exhibitionist episode yet? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Note for the future. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anything else? No, I think we've pretty comprehensively covered it for now. Cool. Yeah. So, for me, I'm Craig. I'm Adam. And I'm Chris. And from us, good night. Good night. Ciao. Hi folks, Craig here. Just wanted to say, if you wish to write in, 
to give us um, opinions, feedback, or even show suggestions, you can email us at kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook forward slash kinkyboyspodcast. And we have a Twitter at kinkyboyspod. You can reach us at any of these, and we're very welcoming for any feedback, suggestions, or show ideas. If you wish to appear on the show talking about a very particular fetish you may have, please feel free to write in. 